Okay, former college player himself was a captain at, at Michigan State. Let's bring in Adam Hall to chat about the Leafs and the Lightning last night. Uh, how's it going, Adam? Hey, it's going great. Thanks for having me on. No problem. Absolutely. Listen, I did the intro with Michigan State just because we were talking about Matthew Nyes, but of course, a former Lightning winger, uh, current Lightning analyst with Bali Sports. So, so what is the, I'd imagine it's polar opposite to the vibes in Toronto today. What's the sentiment around Tampa with the game last night? Yeah, I mean, you, you look at the way the game kind of evolved. I don't know that it could have gone much better for, you know, the Lightning, aside from, you know, some of the injuries and things that have happened. But um, they jump out to an early lead. I think that's what any team likes to see, especially game one in the playoffs on the road. And so, um, you know, I think the Lightning, you know, like to kind of have that type of first period. They like to do that every single game in the playoffs if they could. I think they're, you know, they're smart enough to know that's not going to be uh, what they can probably expect out of Toronto in game two. So you kind of have to take those and, and, you know, games when you can in the playoffs. Um, But you look back to last year's series, and I know there's, you know, that's completely different from this year, but, um, you know, the the offensive power in both of these teams, uh, you you really, I mean, you have to start every single game back at zero and be ready because I think last year these, you know, these two teams just traded, you know, really high-scoring wins. Uh, And so that's one of the things that you you can't just expect another 7-3 to win over the Leafs, especially in Toronto. You know, I I think that um, there's going to be a much different kind of reaction and and start to the next game. Well, what surprised you more about last night's uh, game, Adam? The fact that Tampa Bay was was able to really flip that switch at puck drop or the fact that Toronto just came out so flat to start the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just, it just comes down to just really in-the-moment things. That's all it takes. You look at some of the rebound kind of a goals, just getting to those, those you know, um, you know those, those inside areas around the net. If, if you're, you know, picking up sticks, then they just don't happen. And if you just kind of miss a stick by six inches or eight inches, there's just no margin for error in the playoffs. And so one rebound, you know, where the goalie's kind of, you know, down and can't really get to the second save if, if somebody's not there. Um, and a lot of times you look, it's just these scrums, right? So there it's just you know picking up the six and stuff like that the lightning happened to be able to take advantage of a couple of those and early on and um and it's tough once you kind of extend a lead like that especially against a team the lightning have a lot of experience in, in you know the playoffs and and so i think they kind of once they get to a lead i mean no leads ever safe in the playoffs against any team but i think they were you know kind of fortunate to just be able to get to that get out to that start and had they not gotten out to that start it could have been a different story but they were able to just take advantage of that yeah, we wanted to ask you just the player perspective on flow in a playoff game. There was a lot of penalties last night and a major emphasis on line matching, I think, from John Cooper and from Sheldon Keefe. Just for a player like Austin Matthews, who doesn't play the penalty kill and was getting moved around a lot with the line matching, how does, affect that, how does that affect just the flow of your game? Yeah, you know, I, I think the more, especially, you know, you look at the star players who are used to being on the ice and having the puck and having chances to really kind of make a difference for their team. You want them on the ice as much as possible and, and feeling a rhythm. You know, it's not about having them out there a really long period of time for, you know, one and then not, not out there for, you know, two, three minutes at a time, four minutes at a time. So I think it really does affect the rhythm that players can get into otherwise. I mean, ideally, you're having your best players on the ice every third shift, maybe every third, you know, shift. And, um, you know, those guys can go forever, especially in offensive opportunities, not wasting time really checking, you know, uh, in the defensive zone where you're kind of chasing and wasting some of that, you know, that energy that you hope they, they use for offense. So um, to have any star player on any team on the bench for, you know, a period of time when you're penalty killing. And I mean, even if you are utilizing your, your kind of offensive star players on penalty kill, that's taking valuable energy away from them that you hope they, you know, that they use as, 
part of their game-breaking energy on offense to be able to kind of break the game open in your favor. So, um, you know, penalties, I mean, it's not a new concept, right? If you can kind of stay out of the box and be disciplined, which is very difficult. And the, the amount of you know, pressure in game one and the, the amount of hype and, I mean, the amount of adrenaline going and, um, you can see how hard, you know, especially players that play that physical game to play on the edge. It's how do you maintain, keep the emotions in control when you're you're trying to play right up into that edge and push that edge for playoff games uh, to do more than you know to do whatever you can to help your team, but you know without stepping over. And a lot of times it is such a fine line. Uh, it becomes a referee's judgment call, you know, one way or another. And, and you know, so it's 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 always a balance to see okay how far can you push it for your team. Uh, with Adam Hall and, and and I guess you know just talking about that the, one of the bigger storylines that came out of last night's game was was Michael Bunting and the hit that he had on on Eric Chernak he's going to be speaking with uh, the Department of Player Safety and he was in a gray scratches sweater so it sounds like the Leafs are expecting some sort of discipline here what did you make of the hit and and you know how much how harsh of a punishment are you anticipating yeah, I mean, look, it's one of those unfortunate things. I think he's a player that, again, is one of those players that is most effective for his team when he's pushing that edge and, and maybe drawing penalties and kind of, you know, getting opposing teams off their game um, and, and getting opposing teams to take penalties, you know. Um, and, and so that's when he's, I think, most effective at his game. It's just at any time. I think any player would tell you in, in any coach, it's just it's unfortunate when, you know, the line is kind of, you know, if it's that fun of a – you don't ever want to see players injured and out of a series. Uh, you don't want to see, you know, head hits or that sort of thing. So um, I think when things happen and it's pushed that close to the line, I think that's when it goes to a referee's judgment call, and, and they've got a very difficult job. There's no home game for referees, right? Both teams are yeah. better than no matter what they call. So, you know, I, I think we acknowledge they have the most difficult job and the, one of the most high-paced sports there is. So – you know, I, I think that, you know, we have to take chances and in, in every chance we get and just acknowledge how, how good our referees are in the NHL. They're, they're the best in the entire world. And I've, had, I've been fortunate to play all over the world. That's not a slight against any other country or any other referees anywhere. That's just a compliment to the level of refereeing we have in the NHL. And so, um, and, and in real time, which is completely different from, you know, you and I, all of us, we've got everything DVR'd and we're rewinding it and pausing it. And, and so we get all of our, you know, arguments in there, but, um, you know, I think it's very difficult in real time. They got, I think the call to uh, be able to review the video. I think the five minute major allowed them to go back and kind of change it if they needed to, but review it. And, and, you know, that was a determination they made because it looked like, you know, to them, it, it, you know, warranted. So, um, you know, at the time, I, I thought there was a couple other, you know, calls in playoff games. I think in general, we think of playoffs as you got to go out there and earn it. You know, you're not going to be having, you know, kind of chintzy stuff here and there called, but you know, you really got to kind of earn it in the playoffs. But you know, again, that's a tough job too. That's the kind of maybe more decades-old traditional, put the whistles away. But you do that, and then you take away all of the power plays and offense and, and the star power that we have in the game today. So. Um, you do want to keep the offensive opportunities in the game. You do want to reward players for playing that much better, being that much faster if they're prevented, you know, hooked and held from getting to offensive, you know, chances. So, um, you know, it's a difficult job. I think they do a fantastic job overall, uh, referees and managing it. And, you know, uh, difficult situation there because, you know, you know the Leafs, you know, probably want uh, all things equal bunting in the lineup. Yeah, I, I, to your point, I definitely don't envy their good job. It's a very difficult one, and I was just working a double IHF tournament, and, and you do, like, it does put into perspective how, how good the refs in the NHL are. They are the best in the world. Uh, 
we're with Adam Hall right now chatting about the Leafs and the Lightning last night, and we just talked about that bunting hit. So, Adam, how would the game change for the Lightning if they are, by chance, without either or both of Chernak or Hedman? Yeah, you know, fantastic question. I think that's what playoffs are about. You know, do you have the depth to withstand, you know, things like this happening, the injuries? And, I mean, it would be a huge hit. There's no getting around. I mean, Hedman's a former cons, my two-time champion. Nor, I mean, it, it just goes on. You can't replace a player like that, right? So, uh, and Chernak plays a very physical, solid defensive game. And, and um, you know, the veteran experience he brings, he, he never gets rattled when he's out there. I think he adds a, a level of, you know, physicality uh, around Vasilevsky to uh, kind of help keep things away from him and, and allow Vasilevsky to do what he does. Uh, and in the corners, you know, offensive players are, you know, they're not, they're, they're not getting out of corners easily when, when Chernak's on the ice. You know, that's his job. So uh, those are two veteran defensemen that uh, the Lightning are absolutely going to miss. And, and that's, you know, you have to have other players that step up in opportunities. Um, I mean, that's how, if, if you want to be great, especially this time of year, which is, that's the dream. Everybody, you know, you wait all regular season fighting and clawing to get to this, right? This is kind of the start of the, the, the actual season that you wanted to be a part of. So um, there's going to be a huge opportunity. And if, if the Lightning expect to, you know, go anywhere this year, they have to be able to have people step in those roles. And you almost have to fill it by committee sometimes when you lose a, a player of Hedman's, you know, stature where, you know, you're going to need a little bit more offense from everybody. You're going to need uh, everybody else to step into the breach and, and play, you know, more solid defense. Um, I don't think that, you know, if there was one player that just replaced the Victor Hedman, you know, he'd, he'd be up for the Norris every year. <laughs> he's already, he's already <laughs> he's a unicorn. Up team, right? Yeah, you're right. So, um, so I think you don't find that. I think, you know, forwards have to, you know, get back and kind of close the defensive gaps and help more. So, but that's where you really find out what type of team you're made of is how you, um, you know, adversity either brings you closer together and gets you through into the next round or it tears the team apart and it's the end of the road for you. Yeah, I thought that last night, we, we were talking about it earlier, that like Darren Radish and Nick Perbix are, are relatively unknowns, I would say, to, to most of the, the hockey world. People in Tampa probably more familiar with them after watching the last little bit, but I was impressed by what those two were able to do. I mean, you know, that's large footsteps that they have to kind of fill into. Like last year, they had Ryan McDonough and they had Jan Ruta, and then they're basically filling in for those guys this season. And I thought that once Chernak and Hedman went down, it, it's it's not that you know, that they were as dominant as those guys, but it's not like Toronto took it to them either. Yeah, you know, and I think you're, you're exactly right. I mean, these are, these are, they're entirely capable of getting the job done. And I don't think anybody really, you know, it's way too soon to really fully know uh, either of their potential. And that's what situations like this are for. Uh, there's going to be more opportunity out there when things like this happen. Uh, and so, you know, like I said, you, you're, you're going to have to give them a little bit of, you know, baptism by fire, maybe throwing them into certain situations maybe before you would have. Had, you know, rather than if uh, Chernak or Hedman were still in the lineup, um, you know, and, and just kind of accelerate, you know, their, their learning curve a little bit and see what they're capable of, how much they can handle, and, and it's going to be a tall, uh, tall order for them. But um, they're entirely capable of doing it. They have the ability. It's just a matter of, you know, just going out there, playing the game and, and the execution. So I guess from a Leaf perspective, it was, I don't even know what else to call it. We've called it some rude things today. The, the performance that the Maple Leafs put on. How do they reset after that, though, Adam? Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's the mentality you have to have. I mean, you, you just say, okay, the time machine's broken, can't go back and redo it. Yeah. You know, so how do we how do we move forward? Everything has to be looking forward for any team in that situation, um, any team down in the series, down in the game. 
you have to have the, okay, what's the next mentality, next shift, next game. Um, you have to find out what you can build on. Uh, you know, now you're kind of, you, you almost remove the, you have to build in, okay, now we are underdogs, you know, had home ice, we lost it. You know, now everybody, the pressure in Toronto, I don't know if that's, Bill and you two are uh, in a good position to probably answer that question. I think there's always pressure there, oh, yeah. and no matter what. And then, and then you lose game one and everything, and the history and the last time they, you know, won in the first round and everything else. So, um, you know, there's a lot that goes into it, which, you know, all the, really doesn't matter at all. Uh, you know, the players they have to take care of what they take care of in the locker room, and then go out and, and just execute on the ice. So, I think removing all that distraction and not even worrying about that place is probably a big step for all the players just trying to you know block all that out and, and just kind of refocus and you probably try and build a mentality hey next game right it's that's why it's a seven game series it's not a one game series but um you know it's it's uh i don't think this is going to be a four game sweep type of series i just have never kind of thought that about these two teams um and with the part with the players you have involved i don't think anybody wants that i mean i'm sure you know there's definitely fans that want you know four game sweeps uh, both teams would love that but um you know I remember going seven games last year, you know, just to see some of these players be able to perform. Um, I mean, it's just, it can really be fun hockey to watch. Absolutely. I mean, we're, we're geared up for it. You're right. There's still a lot of hockey left to be played. And, uh, but we would do know is Toronto's going to have to bring a much better effort than the one that they did last night. Uh, Adam, really appreciate you taking the time to, uh, to join us today and uh, enjoy the rest of the series. Hopefully we can chat again down the road. All right. Sounds a lot. Thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. There he goes. Adam Hall former NHLer and uh, lightning analyst with Bally Sports.